0: Hello and welcome to this podcast, unnamed, but we'll just call it Top 10 Movies of 2016 and it stars Sean Lemmy, John Otney,
1: and Colin Westman.
0: And guys, I'm excited to do this podcast this week because we just found out that um, Zack Snyder hired uh, prostitutes dressed as Superman and Batman to pee all over a hotel because he heard that Stan Lee had stayed in that hotel earlier. (laughs) It's a great news story this week. Uh, yeah, that sounds true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everything's true now.
0: <laughs> Everything's true
1: now. And Can't afford to be true. skeptical. Nope. In
0: the era of fake news.
1: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> So you're also saying Superman and Batman are real. <laughs> Superman and Batman are real. It's, it was in the news, so it's real. And also not real. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what I will... F- I was going to say, what are we talking about? Well, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's the top ten
0: movies of the year that was last year. Mm -hmm.
1: So We're almost done. From today to a year ago.
0: But also not counting these last few days. And also plus counting a few days from last year that we're ignoring. But probably not. What was the
1: first movie
0: you saw in theaters last year?
1: Uh, The Witch, right? Probably... I have a word document so That was either late January or early I
2: February I was really excited to see that in 2015 And they're like, oops, sorry oops. Didn't come out in time for Halloween So they pushed it to it Looks like
1: mine was uh, actually Hail Caesar uh, um, I guess that would have been
2: all of ours It would have been Super Bowl weekend Yeah. I remember getting violently ill more on that uh, later
0: Yeah, uh, this was a mistake to bring up Because <laughs> we have 19 sorry. movies to talk about And I shouldn't have asked that question Because yep. then it's just like, why are we adding to this list? Um, actually I think we took a few off Just to get through this a little more quickly So if you want to hear write-ups Of a few of these movies uh, Go to com and look at our individual lists For uh, Silence, Train to Busan And Wiener uh, So two Johns and a Colin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But mainstream Shawnee He's all good
1: did you mostly share movies in common with us, Sean? It kind of seems like that was the case this year. Um, there are a few, I guess, that were only on your, your list. We'll, we'll talk about that, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think of—I think it was something like eight of my movies were on at least one of your guys' lists, but you guys both had only six that were on at least one other person's list. That's a lot. So, it's four mm-hmm. four uniqueers for each of you guys.
1: <laughs> four uniqueers. I will say this is a year where I feel like I didn't see enough movies. I think you had that feeling too, Sean.
0: I did, but I just got over it.
1: Yeah, there was stuff we could have seen, but we just let it pass us by. I don't know why. We just weren't <laughs> as gung-ho this year.
0: I mean, I I don't feel like I'm missing a movie that would have like been really high on my list. Like, I'm probably missing a movie that would have made my list. Like, having, yeah. having seen John's List, uh, one of the movies we're going to talk about would probably have made a spot on my list. Maybe another one. I'm excited know. to
2: know which one that
0: is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've still got geez, 16 movies to talk about, so let's just get into it with uh, one that was on just my list. Uh, one of the two, I think, that was just on my list. And that was Arrival. Um, and I really liked it because it was a hard science fiction movie like this wasn't an action movie in a space setting which is I think what people think of now when you say sci-fi movie which is kind of weird because how often is the science actually in the science fiction movies we see
2: not often this uh. is the basically the polar <laughs> opposite of Independence Day yeah <laughs> It's like the aliens come to Earth, and they're just kind of, what's going on here? (laughs) And I liked it. It was very faithful to the short story, which I read beforehand. And this was on my most anticipated of the year. And, yeah, I enjoyed their visual representation of the aliens and just very, like, understated and low-key. I think uh, one thing I didn't like about it that they they, they added was the – military guys being like okay i don't like where this is going mm-hmm. it's time to fuck shit up <laughs> but part of me wonders hmm, would that how would it happen in real life maybe it would ha- still happen like that with the military well, being like i'm getting pretty paranoid fuck
0: this i mean yeah. under a donald trump presidency well i mean there's that but i feel like also a lot of that paranoia isn't it's it's interesting because it's not necessarily about the aliens it's more paranoia about what other countries yeah that have good access point. to the aliens will a good do good point which makes it a little more believable for me
2: yeah i mean you had to add those dimensions for a short story to pan it out and i think it i don't know do you feel like it feels a little stretch like maybe not enough plot or do you feel like it was sufficient i don't know because reading the short story like it was only 20 pages and they made it a whole movie so
0: no it didn't drag or anything for me so i I think it was fine
1: i really kind of like that there wasn't a ton of plot it felt a little more sort of like meditative mm-hmm. or something. Like it could take
0: its time
2: with the scene. It could yeah. really kind of. Yeah, I guess. Because that, that can be a
1: problem like with with science fiction a lot of the time. Because you have to build a world usually, but this one, you know, it's all on Earth. So.
2: Yeah. One thing I did fall asleep for a couple minutes. <laughs> but it was near the beginning. Only two movies I fell asleep uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, maybe my best yet, or at least of ye- of recent year. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, maybe if I had to come up with another con, I don't think I have to come up with cons for these, because the movies we liked, um, is maybe it was too, like, meditative. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it was too relaxing in the new age of movies, but no, I don't think so. I think I was just tired.
0: Yeah, I, I like seeing the whole process of them deconstructing an alien language and trying to figure out a way to communicate. Which, I, I don't know if we have to actually introduce these movies, because I like the the best movies of the last year mm. but that's the plot of this if you haven't seen it
1: aliens come and we try to talk to them and stuff and we
0: end up writing with them and that's like close
1: enough oh uh, yeah weird splotches splotches splotch language
0: um the next movie on our list uh was on mine and John's Captain America Civil War um the Russo brothers return their second Captain America movie um this one kind of bucks the recent Marvel trend of making like genre movies and instead is is a pretty strict superhero movie although I guess there's like politics in it a little bit What do you mean by that genre movies Well like Captain America the Winter Soldier was a 70s style political thriller okay and the Thor Dark World was like a fantasy movie uh, what would you call Doctor Ant-Man Strange? Was a heist movie? <laughs> yeah, well, Doctor Strange. Uh, well, I, I would say that this this trend has I, it probably ended with Age of Ultron, but no, because like, okay. Ant Man was a heist movie, but but now they seem to be back to just like because like, Doctor Strange was like it's really trippy, but it was still a very much a superhero origin movie. Yeah,
1: and, and it's um, kind of just trippy in parts, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Nolan esque.
0: Yeah, be careful. End up picking a fight with. Inception fans about which special effects are better. Oh, those guys are the worst. Though I'm pretty sure they can't get out of their chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America
2: was such a joy for me because I remember we did a podcast early last year where we were talking about movie franchises, and I was I was checked out. I was done with like Marvel. I was like, okay, I'm tired. I'm these these movie universes. This Marvel thing is getting. I'm getting sick of it. Mm-hmm. And then they come out with this, and it's like my favorite one they've ever done. And it's like. It shouldn't have worked for me because one thing I was – I constantly criticized about the Marvel movies is they got too many damn characters. You can't focus on any of them. (laughs) And I didn't think you could in some of them like Avengers 2. But every character had their moment. I I don't know how they managed to do it. It's just really good pacing and like a sharp script and the story keeps moving. It doesn't really drag. I actually watched it again recently to see if I still liked it as much and I, I still did. And there's there's so many things to like. I mean, characters aside, the action I can like comprehend it, and that's like a big thing in mm-hmm. modern movies. Is like you know, like you'll never get that in a Michael Bay movie. It's like oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on on the screen. But this is like it's paced well. There's not as many quick cuts. It's like everything was thought out really really well, and it's got a story that I love too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, people really criticize Marvel movie villains, and I think they had one of the most interesting Marvel movie villains with, uh, do we call him Baron Zemo? Baron Zemo. I, he's, it's not really He was, a he was Baron. definitely
2: Zemo, but I feel like there was at some point someone called him that because maybe he had some title that he wasn't, I don't know, that he used, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't actually a Baron. <laughs> but his motivation made sense. Yeah. It was like a real motivation. It's like, you guys destroyed my like town, or my, and people that I love died. It's not fair that you get to have all this power and be gods. Like, Pits them against each other.
0: And it's such an interesting choice because it almost feels like a deliberate shot at Batman v Superman. Because <laughs> it Batman v Superman was doing the same thing of like, let's have superheroes fight each other because they feel bad because the city got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And Captain America: Civil War kind of does the same thing, but it just does it perfectly. Yeah. Unlike my least favorite movie of the last year, <laughs> I don't know. Independence Day Resurgence was also terrible. <laughs> I think Batman vs Superman was my least favorite, though. I,
2: I tried to avoid a lot of that weird stuff that came out last year. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah, of we- weird. Oh, I think we well, no, we all saw Gods of Egypt together. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that was. You know, I want to say that was fun, but that movie was really long, if you remember. It was Wasn't plus two really hours. Fu-
1: remember we, like, skipped ahead <laughs> at part of it? Because it was so boring. Yeah,
2: it was it's definitely f- in the middle where it started to <laughs> drag. It's,
1: it was the kind of thing where it was like there was so much shit going on in the screen that it was boring. Because, like, it, all of it was fake. All of it was really <laughs> shiny. And the story didn't make any fucking sense. It was
0: really exciting, though, when they pan up to space and then there's, like, Jeffrey Rush, gigantic as well, on like a. He's not like a CG
1: dude, though. He's just like a giant guy, Mm -hmm. which made me feel like he probably thought he would have to act on screen in this movie a lot less than he did. (laughs) It's like, fuck. (laughs) He's, He's probably in it as much as anyone, I feel like. He probably barely wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, he probably should have reconsidered that decision. But as they say, don't think twice
1: Ha <laughs> This was my number 10 So, you know It was just the one where I was like Yeah, I'll throw it on there Because I like improv And I feel like it captures the world of improv Pretty well I feel like There is kind of a, a I don't know A nobility to a lot of improvisers That kind of just go through it their whole life Just doing it and not everybody becomes famous, and that's kind of what this deals with. Keegan-Michael Key being the breakout guy in the improv troupe. and Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It, it's, it, was, it was a weird thing watching it, because like, the first half of it, I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. I wish I still did improv. And then the second half, I was like, eh, I'm kind of okay with <laughs> not doing improv anymore.
2: It is kind of a downer in a couple spots. I, I've never done improv... But one, but I like to consider myself an artist in some respect, as a filmmaker and a writer. But one line that like really got to me that I think about all the time is when the little who's the little Weasley guy that works in the groceries like oh, the grocery store. Chris Gethard. He has that line about like, you know, here I'm nobody, but like you guys don't know that I'm awesome. Like I kill when I do this thing. Like he's talking about how like when he does his job, nobody knows that he's any he's anyone of relevance. But when he's on stage, he's something impressive. And I don't know. That really like stops. Oh man, people don't know like what I do. But if they did, they'd be like, "Oh man, you're amazing."
1: Yeah, I think he has another line where he just says like, "Without improv, I'm just kind of a loser." <laughs> it's that, like he's just some people just have that one thing that they can do, and not everybody even cares about it. But I don't know. There's just something about yeah, artists just plugging away at things, even if the whole world isn't watching.
2: There's so many lines like that that like.
1: Really bring me down. Yeah, that's true. It's
2: like, there's another one is when they're talking about like, you know, in your 20s you just you, you have all these dreams, then in your 30s you realize how stupid it was to have all those dreams. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I kind of like, yeah, no, I get that totally. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's totally true. I I, I, I Mike Berbiglia's script is just so spot on. Like, mm-hmm. I guess he probably lived a lot of this. I know he did improv at some point, so I imagine this is like
0: i mean it feels true it feels real well i I like that he shows kind of three sides of that in that he has like the keegan michael key character who's becoming successful and he has his own character who has kind of missed his chance Uh of being successful and then in the middle of that um you have the gillian jacobs character who like has a shot but isn't going to take it but also doesn't want to give up either she's just content
2: that's a good point it shows a lot of different perspectives on how you handle that once you get to that hurdle like do you leap over it do you stop like what do you do like when you have to get to the next step and it's a scary thing to think about especially like when you're still like in your 20s like i am not for long dreams are gonna die dreams
1: are gonna die
2: but no still a very funny movie that aside i mean it's not like it's not like everybody dies or something it's a happy happy movie. Definitely, I watched it again this year, and it's definitely like way more like, oh god, why did they do that kind of thing? You know, it's like a, it's kind of a nerve wracking. I don't know, it just makes me uncomfortable in a couple of spots, probably mm. because it is so, it feels so real. But it's a great movie. I'm a big Mike Birbiglia fan for sure.
1: So next up, everybody wants some, um, which is a movie we all had on our list. I think mm-hmm. we even watched it together one night. Yeah. It's just uh yeah, just a fun hangout movie.
0: Yeah, another story about a group of people that aren't going to get to live out their dreams much longer, <laughs> but they're trying it right it's,
1: now. It's, it's, it is kind of like a similar thing, but like at the beginning, mm-hmm. <laughs> like before they realize that they're not going to be bro baseball stars mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives.
2: Yeah, that's why I connected so much with Earth. This is my review or mini review or whatever you want to call it of Wyatt Russell like he's the guy who's going back and trying to pretend like he can still keep doing this Mm -hmm. but he's you know he's too old (laughs) spoiler alert I don't know
0: I don't know Yeah, he's good enough to be a college pitcher but that's
2: it (laughs) um but yeah like these Richard Linklater movies like these like uh, like slice of life movies I wish every movie he did was like this or almost like sometimes I wonder if he'd be good for television because mm-hmm. I remember we were watching this and the movie ended I was like really that's where it ends like I could have kept going and going because it just feels like life in a way even though I've never been like a college baseball player and I don't live in the 80s but <laughs> for some reason I could really just kind of that world just grabs me in and I'm there and I'm for the ride and it's very just casually paced and like laid back but that's it's like just really enjoyable
0: I, I feel like he's the only person that's, I, I can, that can really capture that style it's a, yeah it pisses me off how well he connects with young people because like then I want to write him off as like well this guy is just a big kid but then he does like the before trilogy where it's like no he he really gets
1: like adult relationships adult relationships also. And yeah.
0: fuck this guy
1: do
2: you hear what he's doing next Mm-mm. no he's doing a sequel to the last detail because there's a sequel book to the last detail you know that movie with Jack Nicholson yeah I love that movie. yeah but apparently there's another <laughs> book written like way later hmm. So it's—I don't know when it's set. I don't know. What it's set. It's not I don't know. It has have I, Jack Nichols. No, no, it doesn't have like any of the same I feel like actors. It's not set
1: like forty years <laughs> later.
2: Um, it had uh, who did it have? It had people that I liked for sure. Now I'm just looking up like my, my phone like a putz. Oh, what were you guys? What was your favorite part of uh, Everybody Wants Some? Um, while I look this up, what's your favorite moment? I like mm. the
1: part where probably not my favorite part but we're like the, they're just walking around on that street and that one dumb guy's like who are all these people like what are they doing they don't even like play baseball <laughs> that character's great
0: i love yeah i love that guy at the end of the movie <laughs> there's like falling asleep yeah. in class and the professor walks in he's like who's this asshole?
2: <laughs> completing my search uh, Richard richard lankader's uh, movie will be called Last Flag Flying. It comes out next year and it stars Brian Cranston in the Jack Nicholson role, hmm. Lawrence Fishburne in uh, the Mole Hall. I can't remember who's in the original. Hmm. And Steve Carell as the uh, Randy Quaid. character. Interesting. So maybe that'll be on our anticipated list. I don't know. Amazon <laughs> Studios picked that up. Hmm. If anyone can make it work, it would be Richard Linklater. Yeah.
0: Or maybe the Coen brothers? Sure. (laughs) Hail Caesar!
1: Hail Caesar. Uh, This is a weird one because I feel like I wrote on my little blurb on my list that I feel like on a second viewing I'll really get it. Which is, well I did get it, but you know that's just the way the Coen brothers movies work a lot of times. Hmm. Second viewing is even better. Because I feel like this movie kind of on the surface does feel like it's kind of tossed off and like they're just playing with a bunch of different genres but like I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff about religion and the way that connects to Hollywood since movies are kind of like a religion of mm-hmm. sorts and
0: and political philosophy as well
1: yeah I feel like <laughs> it's a movie that you know seems silly on the surface but there's a lot of stuff Going on. Yeah. Maybe
0: I liked it for the silly parts. Yeah, like when they dropped the money in the ocean. That was silly. <laughs> silly. Everything George Clinton did <laughs> was silly. Does this
2: complete the Numbskull trilogy? You guys ever hear about that? I think it does
0: because the O Brother,
2: O Brother, and then probably Burn After Reading because mm-hmm. Intolerable Cruelty. He's like cool. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So you'd be so you like George Clooney as yeah, Dumb Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I think the Coen
2: brothers, they came up with that themselves. So they're like, uh, we're going to do the Dumb Skull Trilogy where we cast George Clooney as Dumb Guy. He's yeah. like handsome but dumb. And here he's probably the dumbest of the three characters as the star of that. Is Hail Caesar the name of the movie? And yeah. The, yeah, and he's good. really dumb and the communists are very persuasive, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He was probably my favorite part of the movie. I really liked him. And Jonah Hill, despite being such a minor role. Channing Tatum Channing Tatum dance. very good, yeah, good too. very good dancer
0: also the second appearance of Scarlett Johansson on our list so far mm, uh, Civil War, maybe the last one but I'm only the think. first of
2: Christopher Lambert and last
0: <laughs> <laughs> but good god Scarlett Johansson was in a lot of movies last year she's not slowing down was she? you like, that uh, know that's
1: just a voice thing can you name another show? That it's just... might be it. Feel this like... year
2: she's got Ghost in the Show. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of that Ghost in the Show. And maybe some other Marvel thing should pop up. Hey. Lucy Two. Lucy. They are making Lucy Two. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> Lucy was such a moderate <laughs> moderate hit. Yes.
0: Yeah, remember that thing that they say about Hollywood now where it's like if if the original movie did okay, it's worth the risk to do a sequel because people automatically think Oh, it's good enough for a sequel. It's probably pretty good.
2: That's such a weird like, idea because those almost always fail. Like Horrible Bosses 2.
0: <laughs> Jack Richard never stopped living me. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's another one. I know there's other ones. Comedy sequels are the most confusing. Like the Hangover trilogy. I think the second one must have done fine, but the third one I'm pretty sure was a bomb. Yeah. So don't make comedy sequels. Please don't.
1: I mean, comedies don't really do well anymore, <laughs> anyways. They're yeah, unless like they're successful co- All the comedies zero big bombs Even when they're good Like Popstar or yeah, Everybody wants some yeah, Or another movie we'll talk about eventually
2: Which is our next movie right?
1: Yeah <laughs> hilarious <laughs> comedy Hell or High Water <laughs> Starring Steve Zahn probably Starring Steve Zahn <laughs> And Chris Tucker
0: <laughs> As two brothers
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah to make some tough decisions to try to support one
1: brother. Oh, uh, man, what are we gonna do? Oh, <laughs> man. This is gonna be such an annoying... <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, man. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> okay. Hell or
0: High Water, the real movie. What's it
2: about, guys? I didn't
0: see it. So, Ben Foster and Chris Pine are uh, two brothers in Texas. I can believe that. Um who are on a bank-robbing spree trying to put together a very specific amount of money. They rob um, small-town banks. Um, At least that's how they start out. And they're being pursued by Jeff Bridges, who is this uh, sheriff who's on the brink of retirement, uh, and his partner, who is... um, I forget his name. Hank's partner from... Breaking Bad Gomi Go yeah, I don't know the actor's name Gomi um, and so it, it is a, a, a thriller in that like it's you know exciting bank robbing scenes exciting chases, shootouts um but it's also a little bit political about the state of uh, modern America and how these small towns have been left behind by the modern economy um a, a lot of good conversations to go along with all the action and then some beautiful scenery which I looked on the internet isn't entirely Texas but could have fooled me Where was it no oh, it's like other southern states I thought when you tell
2: me it's like Manitoba or something <laughs> that's always crazy it's like oh they're from this in Ontario it's like, what the yeah I probably should have seen it. I think the thing is I feel like a little burnt out on like Southern Gothic and like Texas crime movies. Not that there's been that many, and they're usually it's usually a pretty good genre, but it's hard to sell me on one. Um, but I'm yeah, you know, I mean, got like amazing reviews. I think Rotten Tomatoes is a list of like hundred best reviewed movies of the year. It's like number two or three, so I imagine it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. With this one, I feel like it's a very easy movie to like, but it was kind of hard to love for me because mm-hmm. I I guess the reason John was talking about where it doesn't. I don't know if there's anything that distinctive about it, but it's, like, incredibly well-made, and all the actors are good, and, yeah, it's exciting, and the stakes are high. But I just, like, and not enough of it just stands out for me, I guess. I mean, everybody has compared it to country or no country for old men, and I don't know. Well, it seems a little weird if you're automatically comparing it to another movie. But.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and that's you know like, that's a sucky comparison because that's like a masterpiece, <laughs> and it's hard for a lot of movies to get that good. Uh, <laughs> but I will say it, it does have a pretty provocative ending that left me thinking about it. Provocative three-way, four-way,
2: gummies there too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, I just I hear provocative. <laughs> I think sexy. I, I suppose it can mean a lot of things. Yeah, it's not a sexy ending. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Um. Yeah, it's good. Uh, another movie on our list is Hunt for the Wilder People, a Taika Waititi movie. He was on my list two years ago. With that, that was last year. That was last year. What we do in the shadows? That was on my list too. Yeah, and you made it again this year. My number
2: one, because wow. it just because it, it it came down to like if I like had this the script of this movie or if I was directing, would I change anything? And sometimes even with movies I really like, it's like you know I think I change this right here, I think I changed that right there. I wouldn't change a thing. It's like it hits all the right notes for me. It's like really funny. It's got some sad moments. It's really artistic. And I was just so surprised that Taika Waititi had this much talent because I, I saw his – I think it was his first movie or one of his first movies he ever made a long time ago, um, Eagle vs. Shark. Mm-hmm. It was like right after they'd done like the first season of maybe uh, Flight of the Concords because I think he maybe wrote or directed on that show yeah. sometimes. And it stars Jermaine Clement and it's kind of like a Napoleon Dynamite knockoff and it's like kind of funny but it's like – it just—it's a Napoleon Dynamite knockoff, <laughs> and he's really come into his own style over the years. Where, like, yeah, like I about like I, I, I mentioned in my review, like Wes Anderson and like who else did I say Edgar Wright? But it's really kind of evolved into it's his own thing. It very much—it feels very New Zealand. It feels very artistic, very funny. He's really like
0: come up with this great like I don't know style. Um, yeah. Well, I, and I th- I think it's it's hard to put a point on exactly what that is because i wouldn't say it's a visual style maybe it's it's more of a rhythm sometimes it's visuals he'll do stuff
2: that i would imagine Wes anderson doing like someone will hold up like a wanted poster and then it will like zoom it up, up on do like a crash zoom or something mm-hmm. there's certain camera techniques from like yeah i can imagine Wes anderson doing that, but it's not <laughs> it's his thing it's very it's
1: very new zealand i feel like there are a lot of roaming like helicopter shots of the new zealand countryside which was Interesting to see.
2: Yeah, it's not like a. It's still a country I really don't know that much about. It's so just it's just this crazy. Rings. Yeah, it's like Australia, but not as like uh, Mad Max Fury like Road. Yeah. It's a lot nicer.
1: <laughs> a lot more
2: l- things that are alive there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, the performances, too, I mean, they were great. Like uh, Sam Neill, my favorite Sam Neill performance. He's uh, disgruntled, but like. That scene near the end where they kind of reconnect, like that makes me cry. I watched it again; it made me cry. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet movie. I think this is a movie you could probably, you could, you could you probably could show a kid and they'd enjoy. I don't remember if it's fully appropriate. It's probably not.
0: Um,
2: but like I've been having lines g- uh, going through my head like the past couple of days because I watched it again. One of my favorite parts now is is just the way that uh, Ricky Baker talks. And like, there's a great part where he wants to name the, his dog Tupac, mm-hmm. and like, who's Tupac? He's like, oh, he's like this really cool rapper, and he's like my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, that's a, that's a tricky thing too to get like the way a kid talks, but still make it like. Kind of an adult sense of humor, too. It's not like, I don't know, childish.
2: Yeah, because it's like, he has a childish view of everything, but like, he'll talk, he won't, he doesn't necessarily talk like, hey, dude, what's up? Or just, I don't know, this You got things. it, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, that like, how a kid doesn't understand everything in the world. Like, that part where he's, it's in the trailer, the part where he's looking at the wanted posters. He goes, cock Asian? Well, that's not right. You're obviously white. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because a kid doesn't know what that means. <laughs> Stuff like
0: that, small stuff. It's a lot of small things to add up to a, a very big picture. Mm-hmm. A great movie, maybe the greatest movie, not just last year but any year. But it does have some competition, according to all the award shows, and that's La La Land.
2: All the awards, yeah. it's winning them all. I don't think that's like Damien Chazelle's fault. I think I feel like this is genuinely the movie he wanted to make. I mean, if you look at his past movies. Um, whiplash and the one i can't remember the one he made before that but i watched the trailer and it's like another it's like musical dancing up around even except with a really really low budget like he has a passion for like musical movies so it was inevitable that he was going to work his way to a modern day musical and it's kind of nice to have a throwback i guess
1: well and i mean you can't call it like a lazy oscar grab because it's a completely original musical which isn't really done nowadays. It's always just adaptations of Broadway musicals or musicals that are, like, Glee style where they're just singing pop songs or mm-hmm. whatever. I guess, like, Moana had all original songs. But yeah, but, but they're cartoons. But they're cartoons, like, an act- like, with people singing and dancing in real life with actual choreography set to original songs. It's, like, a, yeah, it's a complete throwback, and... Uh, And I think the songs are really good. I've actually been listening to the soundtrack a bunch. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is a weird movie now because it's got all this Oscar buzz. But I really like it. And I, you know, I guess I have a tendency to not be into things that are super popular. But I just, I kind of love this movie. And I kind of want to see it again. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Made it onto your list, Sean, which was surprising because you told me it wasn't going to be on your list.
0: I was trying to freak you out. You,
1: off. <laughs> you wanted to get me but bad.
0: <laughs> freak about my <laughs> What?
1: Like, I wouldn't have been that surprised
0: if it didn't make your list. I don't know. I don't know. We talk about movies surprisingly little.
1: It's true. Because we're like, well, we'll have to save it for podcast. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't Consider myself someone who really likes musicals because I don't like show tunes. Like even even in the case of La La Land, I couldn't imagine myself listening to that soundtrack on its own. Yeah. Um, that said, obviously this past year I was way into Hamilton, so you know I'm trying. <laughs> I'm changing a little bit, um, and I did have two musicals on my top ten list. It's scary new ground for me. Um, but I, what I said in my list, and I'm going to stand by here, was mm-hmm. that um, they worked really hard to make this a movie. It's not just a stage show performed on film. Like The
1: visuals are amazing, yeah, too.
0: Like, there's a, a ton of amazing production on screen, and it makes each song distinct. Like, Emma Stone's solo song has a like very stark silhouette beginning to it and then it becomes intimate close-ups uh and then there's the big dance number at the end where they're in space and it's cool it it looks really great and i it's not like i dislike the music yeah it's fine i like the john legend song (laughs) is that your favorite song (laughs) (laughs) that's the only song that made me like giggle a little bit to myself yeah, it's like he gets up and he's playing the weird
2: <laughs>
0: piano thing. Yeah.
2: I think the only reason it didn't make my list, it made my honorable mention, was um, the plot felt a little thin to me. I don't know. It just felt like, oh, he wants to be open some club. She wants to be an actress. I mean, that's fine if you want to set like a very simple template so you can just fill it with lots of songs and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, like the relationship for me wasn't like as strong as it could have been.
0: Uh, so my interpretation of it having seen it the one time was they were trying to do the 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 failed relationship as also a take on like hollywood musicals transitioning into reality like as they break up it's it becomes less of a hollywood musical
1: i think that's what it is too i mean i think the epilogue kind of drives that home where it's like this is what The classic Hollywood version of this story would be, but nowadays people in relationships break up for stupid reasons. Mm. There's no one true love type. I wouldn't say it's
0: a stupid reason. Yeah,
1: well, not stupid, but you know, I would say it's stupid that she ends up married
0: to. Richie Rich. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess I just... I didn't feel that distinction as much. I as much I feel like their lives weren't that bad outside of the musical mm-hmm. stuff. Like, she lives in, like, a really nice apartment despite working in a coffee shop. And he has that little, like, crappy apartment. But I don't know. He gets to play, like, piano. And I know it's not, like, cool jazz piano. But, like, I don't know. They just... It didn't... I felt like if their struggle... And maybe that would have to- totally changed the movie if it's, like, totally, like, depressing. And then, like, Yeah! <laughs> but it just like it never quite felt like real life and then musical. And I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, maybe it wasn't ever supposed to, which is fine. I guess it just, I think I would have been a little more interested had it been more of a contrast, maybe. I don't yeah.
1: Know.
2: It's still good. I liked
0: it. I, I think you also bring up like the one part of the movie that made me a little uncomfortable was like, it's kind of felt like they used people of color as a prop in this more than as actual characters and they even like the only black person that talks in the movie is a villain basically and and <laughs> i don't it, it, know if
1: he would call him a villain well he's just yeah that's a point the point of conflict like, he makes a
0: i feel like he makes a really good point about like people not being into old school jazz anymore and, and then movie's just like well fuck this guy then and and then there's like even just the like why is this white dude the savior of jazz
1: but isn't that kind of a commentary on what jazz is now? It's just something that white guys keep alive because <laughs> it isn't really relevant. That's true.
2: That was That's a good true. conversation in the movie where she talks about, like, I don't like jazz and, that, and here's why. And it was a pretty good argument, you know. It's, like, it's just like background music, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. I like jazz, but I get both sides,
0: and the and we know the director has an interesting view on jazz because like Whiplash is all about the idea that you can get good at jazz by working really really hard and practicing nonstop. And I feel like a real jazz musician would say the opposite. Jazz is a feeling, not hard work, not exercise, not going to the gym.
1: Yeah,
0: kind of I don't know. I don't like, know. I've I don't not know listened if... to a lot of jazz. I've just seen I tremble. feel like
1: to play jazz, you have to have chops. You can't be. You gotta be in tip-top shape, man.
0: Just like being a nun. How about Little Sister, John? So,
2: I heard about this movie probably in the fall, and I loved the premise right away, but I was like, I'm probably never gonna get, to get a chance to see this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just kind of forgot about it, and then The New Yorker came out with their list. I, I can't remember who the writes for The New Yorker, but they came out he, whoever this man is, uh, <laughs> came out with his top, like, 30 movies of the year. Hmm. Just so you can, like, oh, see how many movies I see. And you've never even heard of a lot of them. And Little Sister was his number one. I'm like, really? Wow. And I watched the trailer. I was like, this looks pretty good. And I saw they had on Amazon uh, Prime to Rent. So I I watched it, and I really, really liked it. It's even better than that Queens of the Stone Age song, Little Sister, if you can believe that, because that's a good song. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's about a a girl named Colleen who um, is kind of a runaway from her home, and she's going to become a nun. She's kind of getting cold feet. And then um, she checks her email, which she's been ignoring for a long time. She gets emails all the time for her mom, which is Ali Sheedy, remember, from Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club. And uh, she's like, okay, I'll finally check one out. And she's like, hey, your brother's back from the hospital, back from Iraq. And she comes home to visit her family. Her brother's now like, he's like horribly deformed. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. And she's having trouble connecting with him. Um, So she's like, you know, we used to get along really well back when I was a goth. So she kind of dons all her old goth stuff. And they. Kind of reconnect and mm-hmm. over there, they have a morbid kind of sense of humor, and it's just kind of them hanging out. The movie like takes place over Halloween um, near the end. And, yeah, it's just a coming-of-age movie. It's not too, like, dark, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It was also interesting is the fact that it's set in 2008, and there's a lot of, like, people in the movie it's like, oh, man, but Obama's going to make everything, like, way better. Which is, like, I don't think it's, like, totally, like, against Obama, but I, it's it, people were kind of like that. Like, everything's going to be okay with one easy mm-hmm. thing. It's going to fix everything. And that, I feel like, it was really reflects the, um, the brother, because it's, like, he doesn't even care. Like, he's not watching any of the debates or anything, because it's, like, I mean, he went over there, he fought, nothing's really going to change for him. Like,
0: he's all deformed and everything. Um, and I think that also is is great, because a movie like this, like, obviously, when you see, like, the synopsis, like what John just explained, you probably think Garden State, or, or indie movies like Garden State, <laughs> but it's not like that. Like, it's... it's they She doesn't go down there and, like... Her brother doesn't fix her, and she doesn't fix her brother. It's, it's, and her parents are fucked up, too. And, and I don't, it's not like they're mending fences. There's not a bunch of catharsis, but it works as a little story. Um,. I love those little bits of 2008 that they had in it too
2: <laughs> it's a tricky line to walk I feel like that's a whole genre of indie films coming home films there's mm-hmm. so many of them where you come home for some reason it's like things have changed but it's like I've changed too <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I, I was just I was like oh I was afraid it would be like pretentious or have some weird like you know preachy message in there especially with the nun stuff but no I just, I just felt like a nice slice of life movie very interested in seeing what that director was uh writer director Zach Clark. I've never heard of him see what was next because that was really good and I too bad more people didn't see it. Sounds like you got around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And uh so I'm glad. And uh hopefully more people see it. Just like more people need to see the lobster. One of our favorites. Yeah. We talked about this last year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if We
1: need to talk. about Well, I
2: sh- I feel bad. I feel bad because it's, uh, it's clearly a 2017 movie. It you got mean
1: 2016. 20- <laughs> They're going to release it again. again back next year. <laughs> 20- I'll put on my 2016. The
2: movie. Um, <laughs> uh, and somehow I saw it. I saw it online early. I feel bad about that. I try not. I'm trying to do that less and less, especially with Amazon getting stuff pretty quick these days. Um, it's funny, Colin. You had it as your number six. Is my number six last year? Noice. So we pretty much feel the same way about it. Yeah, <laughs> number <of> the beast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how did you guys like it? I don't know if I ever talked to you guys about it. Oh, I liked No, it. we did talk about we it, talk about it our, about on it? our
1: halfway oh, we, year podcast. Okay. So okay. We've talked about this movie quite a bit. All right. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's ki- it's kind of dark, kind of really dark. Um,
1: I don't know if it's dark if it's I just kind of like cold, cold. towards. Humanity, which I guess is harsh. It's un. I don't know. Unglamorous and unromantic, even though it's about finding your partner, your life partner, basically.
0: Yes, a very harsh movie about true love.
1: That's a pretty good summation of (laughs) of it, I think.
0: Um, Oh, that's that's something we've talked about a few times. Let's just keep moving. Uh, You know where you find lobsters? You find them in the sea. You know what's near the sea? Manchester by the sea it's a sad movie it's, there, it is not a harsh movie about love it's, it's just a harsh movie about life being bad being, pretty much not easy to be alive yeah. <laughs> um, basically if you haven't seen this movie it's a story about of Casey Affleck uh, after a tragedy hits his family for not the first time uh, he ends up moving back to his hometown, or at least the town where his brother was living, and um, trying to adjust to being able to live there again with um, with his nephew. And boy, it is—it's just brutal.
1: It is brutal, but it does it in a way that's not, like, overbearing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a sad movie, but it's not like watching, like, Requiem for a Dream or something. Right, yeah. Or, like, Precious, where you just feel, like, oh, okay. so shitty after watching it. Like, you do feel sad, but you're like, well, life goes on, and you can make sense of the different hardships were dealt because even Casey Affleck can do it I mean barely he barely's getting by but like if he's still walking around out there a guy like that can <laughs> sum up the will to, to survive we can all do it which yeah and I, I don't know the little bits of humor are nice I like that conversation where all the kids are talk, sitting around talking about if they like Star Trek or not in their heavy Boston <laughs> accents they're like yeah. what? Well, excuse me. Like what? Star Trek. Star. It's like, hey, you like Star Trek? He's like, no, nah, I like Star Trek. What's wrong with Star Trek? A, it has a very like specific regional flavor too to New England, which weirdly it is weird. There, it's another kind of like Boston-y movie. That was my number one movie of the year. Spotlight was it last year? I don't know. Something about the region. Is
2: Kyle Chandler doing an accent? Isn't he in this?
1: He is. He is, yeah. You know, I can't remember. He, uh, so it's it's probably subtle if he is.
0: Well yeah. I mean it's it's subtle with most people except Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams. Yeah. Who really ham it up. <laughs> but I think like they earned it. They have enough g- respect yeah, that they can do it. Uh, it's, I don't know
1: if ham it up, but it's definitely too very sort of emotional. Roles mm. they do well, yeah,
0: yeah. I wonder if Michelle Williams deserves another Oscar because I feel like her whole performance hinges on one scene. Does she have an Oscar? I,
2: don't, I thought she had an Oscar. I don't think she
1: has an Oscar. No,
2: she's certainly been nominated, probably been a couple times, a lot.
1: I think she deserves probably an twice. Oscar. This would
2: probably be her third nomination. I bet. I mean, mm. That's my guess. you guys keep talking. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> Fact checker.
1: No, not Michael Jackson. <laughs>
2: Did he I don't get that <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a song, free Willy song, movie? yeah, best song. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: was that movie he did in like Captain N or H or whatever in the eighties? What was that?
1: What was that movie? I have no idea, what you're about <laughs> I mean, But I he did, oh, Francis Ford Coppola, right?
2: He did like a like a movie where it's like mr a robot at one part.
1: <laughs>
2: Captain H, I don't remember Captain what it's H. called. <laughs> Uh, Michelle Williams has how many Oscar nominations? She has three Oscar nominations. This would be her fourth if she gets one. She probably will. That's what I hear.
0: Mm-hmm. That, I, if anything turned me off this movie, it was the fact that the trailer is like, Casey Affleck's gonna win an Oscar for this. Michelle Williams gonna win an Oscar, <laughs> Oscar for this.
1: Well, that and it's also like super vague. So you don't know that it's going to be as sad as it is going into it. You just, you're just like, he's just hanging out. And, and even in, as you're watching boat. the
0: movie, you, you don't know how sad it is because it kind of... At spots you wouldn't quite expect, they flash back, and they're like, by the way, here's another sad thing that happened.
1: Yeah. You know, it um, kind of builds slowly. Again, in a way that never feels it, like... It's kind of sneaky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it's enough that you, like... Can look at one character's actions and be like, I understand why they're behaving that way. And then they'll add an, another little wrinkle of complexity that makes them more sympathetic. Yeah. Just... just I was gonna say, just to
2: clear up a little confusion <laughs> from a few minutes ago, please. Uh, Captain E.O., which, it was not actually a movie, but it was like uh, an attraction at Disneyland <laughs> that had filmed segments. I think it was kind of like a honey-shrunk the audience, but it was uh, Francis It was Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Um, I was getting it mixed up with the fact that Moonwalker is indeed also a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Captain EO looks pretty sweet. I don't think he turns into a robot. I think that's uh, Moonwalker. He turns into a robot in some movie. This sounds awesome. Uh, it's, it's only 17 minutes, but it's super well, yeah, futuristic.
0: Pride. Let's hope somebody brought a camcorder into it and uploaded it to YouTube. <laughs> I
2: bet it's on YouTube. We're gonna go watch this later. It's gonna be great, Captain EO. We've already we've seen most of Michael Jackson's great film works, so <laughs> looking forward to that. Just look, I'm looking forward to our conversation about Moonlight. Moonlight's feel good. It's really good. Yeah, I was, I was, I was worried that it would be like, like, oh, really pretentious. I, you know, i hate to be that guy because of the subject matter. Because you know, like, that'd be preachy or something. Because it's, it's taking like, you know, it's about uh, a, a gay man. And, you know, like that's like usually those kind. I've seen a lot of those movies where they're really like trying to ram home a message. But no, it just felt like this parts of this guy's life told in a very kind of like. Simple way, but very artistic and just
0: beautiful. It was just, it was
2: fantastic. It was really good.
0: Um, I liked how they um, compressed the time frame of each period, because the the like four year old or whatever part of the movie is months, and the like fourteen year old is a few days, and then the twenty four year old is like two days. A very short amount of
1: time. Um. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't kind of over-explain things Mm -hmm. because you're just getting these three different snapshots into a guy's life and you kind of have to fill in the blanks as far as what the rest of his life was and what brought him to these three different points. And yeah, that's another thing that's kind of Goes back to what John says about it. It's not preaching. It's not trying to make a statement. It's trying to kind of put you in the shoes of one little boy becoming a bigger boy, <laughs> becoming huge, becoming a huge yeah. boy, got real rip. <laughs> to be
0: a superhero.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like it that it's it's progressions the story, but it also feels like three great short films. Yeah, all, it all does put together great performances Mahershala Shala Ali am I getting that right close enough uh, well that's how it's spelled he's great yeah he's uh, may win an Oscar though I don't think he won the Golden Globe he went to uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson doing his best Matthew McConaughey
1: <laughs> um, I
2: watched part of that movie did I, did I tell you guys that
1: no no mm-hmm.
2: And I don't. Know, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't
0: totally want to see it. it. Sean nocturnal to see animals, see. so we were talking never about.
1: quite got around to seeing it.
0: Um, yeah, I'm I rooting for him. He was really good on Luke Cage this last year as well. <laughs> is uh, the main villain for a while until they switched to a worse main villain. He's one of those
2: character actors who's been floating around for a while, but it's really good.
0: But he's just looking for that really great part. And it sounds like he was busting his ass last year, like driving himself from the set of luke cage to go film <laughs> this movie and um, you know having no time off so uh yeah hopefully people are paying attention and the rest of this cast is great too even uh janelle monet who you wouldn't
2: yeah she was really good
0: guess would be a great actress look at that what's trevante adams
2: and he was like a he was like a like a runner he wasn't even <laughs> like an actor but he became an actor and he's really good yeah and then that guy from oh what's his name from american horror story roanoke
0: played his uh the, the cook guy, his friend So this is my only problem with the movie yeah. Is 24 year old Sharon looks 24 But 24 year old friend looks like he's 35 That dude, no, no way That dude's gotta be way older
1: What's that guy's <laughs> name? I like
2: that guy Um I mean yeah That's
0: your only problem I mean, I mean, I'm really, <laughs> not, like,
1: really hung up on the specifics of How these characters age Clearly it's kinda Yeah I guess also his, not his mom's looking thing. pretty old
0: at that point. Yeah. But she had a hard life. Who's the mom? That's somebody, isn't it? I think she's been in stuff. It like...
2: was uh, Money Penny from... Right.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't remember the act. Is that Naomi? Naomi Hearse.
2: There we go. She's British. She is? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. And just to uh, clarify that confusion... Travante Ro- Rhodes I don't know. I said Adams. It just felt right. Travante <laughs> Rhodes is 26, and Andre Holland is 37. So yeah, I knew it. <laughs> he plays a much older guy in most things that I've seen him. I think he's also on that uh, the Nick or something. Oh, he's been on okay. a lot of
0: TV stuff.
2: I'm, yeah, a lot of people that you, I don't think any of us were aware were this good. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm glad they're
0: all pretty steadily employed. Unlike the characters of. The nice guys, we're all struggling to make ends meet. Well, I guess Russell Crowe actually isn't really, doesn't, he doesn't really have that problem. In the nice guys, uh, but this is the new Shane Black movie. Uh, everyone was really excited, so they didn't go see it in theaters except for us. Um, uh, it looks like it maybe worldwide, maybe made back its budget, <laughs> but not by a lot. Um, so that's not not great, not a good sign for this genre of film or this filmmaker. But I guess he's making predators. So. I feel like
2: predators is gonna uh, the predator is going to the bomb. Predator. It comes out in February of uh, two thousand eighteen, I think. Oh, and it comes like it's sandwiched in between a bunch of other stuff. It's gonna oh. bomb. It's funny you mention that because I think isn't it? Uh, it has like uh, doesn't it have uh, Travante Rhodes in it? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be in it. He oh. might even be the star. Oh, oh no. but it'd be good, Sean. Sure okay, man, okay, you're right. You're right. You're I right. actually liked Predators.
0: Yeah, I forgot that that it was a wasn't separate that bad with uh, with Adrian Brody. Is that Robert Rodriguez? It is. it's
2: pr- it's produced and maybe co-written or something. Okay. Or Story. It's not. It's not bad. It's okay. But uh, Shane Black, I mean, uh, he's your action guy. He basically invented this genre with Lethal, the script of Lethal Weapon, or at least perfected it with Lethal Weapon, the comedy action buddy cop movie. And he did those movies for a while until he's like, I hate these movies now. I'm gonna stop doing them and just kind (laughs) of took a break and only pops up every now and then. And I feel like when he does, it's usually with a pretty good project. He's such a he's such a funny guy, you know, like uh, his characters i don't know what's what makes shane Black's style of humor or just movies so uh uniquely shane black but he definitely has like a style i I haven't been Mm. able to pinpoint it
0: yeah yeah and and i uh, i love his willingness to do violent things in his movies like and still keep them light-hearted comedies Mm -hmm. um you know, probably the scene people remember from the trailer is Ryan Gosling punching through a window and cutting himself very, very badly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Having to go to the hospital. Um, yeah, I don't... I would not guess Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, and Precocious Little Girl as the great <laughs> comedy pairing this year. Um, but I thought the movie was really funny, and if the, as I'm thinking about doing this list, it's just, like, that's the one movie I want to see again and again and again. Um, so that's why I put it at number one. It's also because like, I totally slept on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I don't want to make that mistake again. Whenever people ask me what movie from last year should they go see, I feel like they know about stuff, so I tell them to go see The Nice Guys. Yeah, it
2: might be his best directorial effort. Um, I think it might be my favorite. And I wrote in my little blurb about it that this feels like the beginning of a great franchise. If this was a movie made... In like the, maybe the '80s, like yeah, there'd be like four of these. But because we live in this weird era where comedies just fail, 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 um, yeah, this is all we're gonna get, which is too bad. Because I could really, I could really grow with these characters. They're 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 funny and bumbling, but they're both unique and. They can both kick ass if they need to. At least Russell Crowe can kick ass. I feel like he's like beating up children, and, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's so violent too, which is something like that. That's what happened. Like in the movies, like Lethal Weapon. I feel like the first Lethal Weapon might be R. It's definitely violent. I feel like the the violent comedy action movie is something that we don't see as much these days.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it can it can work both ways. You can have extreme action and extreme laughs. <laughs> you don't have to have, you don't have to dull either of them
0: down. <laughs> that, that,
1: that would be such a great blurb. I'd like the cover of the, the VHS tape. Extreme, extreme action. Laughs. Extreme laughs. Exclamation point on both. Says Gene Shalit.
2: No, he's more about puns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what 90s movie critic would say that. Oh, well. Uh, Just give it to Peter Travers. Yeah, sure, why not? Sing Street.
0: Sing Street! It is the second musical that was on my list this year. Mine, too. Also my number two movie of the year overall. Um, Set in... Ireland in the 80s.
1: These are both At a
0: Catholic school on mm-hmm. Sing Street. This is a story of a group of uh, kids uh, forming a band and going through all the trendy styles of music in the 1980s, <laughs> I guess over the course of like one school year. Um, while also the main character deals with uh, struggles with the headmaster and with. His family at home And with his first time falling in love With a girl who lives near the school And the thing for me was I liked all those plots And I liked the songs Because they weren't show tunes They were 80s <laughs> hits They were made up for the movie And Yeah,
1: okay <laughs> That's like, when I was thinking Because I did do the thing where I like Pitted Sig Street against La La Land for like what musical is going to go high. But I was just like, the songs in La La Land are so much better. Like the ones that are specially made for Sig Street, they're like fine for imitations of t- teenage kids writing their first songs in well, the uh, 80s. I mean, that's a thing it. about it too. Like, yeah, I like the scrappiness of this movie. It's great because, it, you know, it totally reminded me of. Me and John played in bands when we were in high school and like we could like barely play instruments but we're still trying to write songs. I felt stuff.
2: like the songs were almost too good. We never could have written something it's like true. the riddle of the model. We good. could have come up with something with as bad a title, but that <laughs> song was pretty good. I can imagine that being like a hit by Duran Duran back yeah, in the eighties. Definitely one of their influences in the movie. <laughs> The riddle, of the model. Well, and they're
0: explicit about it, too. It's like his his brother gives him a record, and then they write a song that basically could have been on that record.
2: <laughs> no, I thought the songs were fantastic. I feel like this movie
0: deserved to be a way
2: bigger hit. It went, it flew way under the radar. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, I maybe it came out at the wrong time. It just wasn't marketed well. But this should be, like, a classic for a lot of people. But I feel like not a lot. Of, I mean, it's like Once was a big hit. Why was Once such a big hit and not this? I don't know.
1: I just I feel like Once was kind of a word-of-mouth hit, though. Like It wasn't until mm-hmm. it came out on DVD and stuff. And I feel like that's, that's maybe kind of happening with this movie. Now well, so. that It's on Netflix. Streaming. It'll be slow,
2: and it'll become a hit
0: Broadway musical. It
1: yeah, probably. <laughs> like what? <once. laughs>
0: well, it probably doesn't help that so many people really hated Begin Again.
2: I don't know if they really <laughs> hated it. But
1: people are just kind of indifferent about
2: it. Uh, I,
0: David Ehrlich really hated Begin Again. Well... That's one guy.
2: Is that a critic? I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not
0: like just some friend of yours.
1: <laughs> My <laughs> friend David Early. I wish <laughs> I hated the shit.
2: <laughs> Would you really want to be friends with him if he hated Begin Again so much?
0: I could.
1: Look yeah, up. I could let it slide. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that Maroon
0: Five guy, like having the big song in the movie. Yeah, Adam it's Adam got Levy. James
1: Corden in it. I like James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine, but. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going off on with James Corden. <laughs> He's just having too much fun, all right. Singing in cars. I've seen most of those. Not proud. You know, just is, to is that a
0: separate show now or something?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard it was gonna get like its own separate YouTube channel or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's
0: too but big. But it wasn't gonna for gonna the James, James Corden. It, yeah, it wasn't gonna be James Corden anymore though. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. they do- You're right. They're doing something with it. I just don't remember what they're doing with it. Speaking of not knowing what's going on, Tickled is a documentary. Uh, it starts out very simply with this uh, New Zealand uh, funny man trying to do a story about competitive tickling. Uh, and then he quickly slips into one of the most bizarre and alarming conspiracies I've ever seen a documentary about. It's crazy how scary it is. I don't want to give away too many spoilers because it's worth... Sounds like you've seen
2: it. Are mm-hmm. just really confident, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean caught up on a lot of these, mm-hmm. but like without uh, spoiling too much, I think what like blew my mind is there's there's these guys, these young men that are getting drawn into this tickling thing, and then like they're being offered so much money. But you're like, where is all this money coming from? Mm-hmm. Who has enough? Like, no way this is making that much money. There's just like this dark force or entity that's like funneling all this money everywhere. And it just it's such a crazy mystery. Like you, you wouldn't think that there's a good story here, but it just goes deeper and deeper in every way. Like they might, they're gonna get sued by someone, but who and where? Like and for tickling,
0: for tickling. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Like tickling sounds so innocent. Even competitive tickling sounds like it'll be funny, but when they show you videos of it, it seems so uncomfortable and like erotic. <laughs> it's. It's really strange.
2: Well, some of the guys who
0: um, are interviewed in the movie, who have been in
2: tickling videos, talk about how it's like. After a while, it's like you're like locked up and you can't like you you you're not in control. Yeah. someone else is doing everything and making you laugh against your will, and you can't do anything. I think
0: they say in the documentary like one of the first red flags is that like they're on gym mats, but the guy is totally like chained up.
2: Uh huh. Like that's scary. That's kind of that's sadistic. That's dark. Who came up with this? Why are they doing it? and it just it just goes deeper and deeper and it's just crazy
0: Mm -hmm. and and in the end it's a very fitting story for 2016 (laughs) and what you think about the world now like there's a little bit of the movie where you're thinking oh it's gonna turn out to be different from what you expect Mm -hmm. at least the type of person uh (laughs) you'd expect and then no of course it's exactly the type of person you would think it would be um yeah, this one would have made my list if I had seen it before two days ago.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 tough. It's one of those documentaries where you kind of want to like keep checking in on it, maybe every couple of years to see mm-hmm. where is that going, what happened with that. It's it's a story that never really ends. <laughs> well, it could, but who knows when? Um, some stories live forever. Most stories. Live forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one that if um, you throw the book in the garbage. <laughs> it was the only copy, the only copy. one you that know. we still remember
2: because it was very tragic and it happened fifty years ago and from two thousand and sixteen before that was poorly worded um, is tower. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, the uh, story of the University of Texas, I think it was uh, sniper mm-hmm. Charles Whitman, and the day. In 1966, in August, when he killed 13 people, 16, 17, 17 17 people and wounded like 30 others. And uh, Keith Maitland did a film that kind of goes over the whole day animated. Um, And then has, like, uh, people that are interviewed, but they have, like, actors doing the, you know, know, I mean, you've seen it, Colin. Yeah. Sean out too. (laughs) Sean out too. Everybody's seen it. So we're all good. I don't know why I'm explaining it so much. Um, (laughs) Well, not a lot of people have seen this movie. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even remember how I found out about it. I just saw it on some list, I think, and then I I found it somewhere, and I was just totally absorbed by the visual presentation and the personal recollections. I'm not 100% where they came from. I assume... They're probably written somewhere, past interviews, or because some of the people that are, are dead. I
1: feel like um, like most of the people that were interviewed were alive. Not like I that mean, there one, were a like pop few... guy who was, like had the cool
2: Luke Perry hair. He yeah, but
1: didn't they have like they had an footage old from, like, interview of him? I would assume that. Well, they that's just what I was used... saying. I, I meant
0: like some of the people they probably pulled from some other
1: yeah. stuff.
0: Some of the people because it was fifty years. ago. Well, and that's some of the best part of the ending of that movie is that. Um, the victims and some of the other people involved are talking and they're saying like this is actually the first time they've gotten a chance to talk about Mm -hmm. this incident and to meet other people who were affected by it and it shows you like how far we've come culturally kind of in a good way and a bad way in that like you you find out that after the shooting the campus opened up like the next day and classes started again and basically all the victims just like never talked about it with anyone And, and like obviously now we know (laughs) Like we have support groups, and and you know it gets reported, Um, but of course it also happens like all the time. There's a mass shooting like every week, so different world. world. Um, The other thing I liked about this documentary a lot is, is, as you guys were saying, like the the recounts of the events from the survivor's point of view reenacted by actors. Um, I, I think that's a better way than just a, a very clinical analysis of what happened with like maps and
1: well because they show the actors you know that's like this rotoscope animated technique yeah. you know giving the interviews and they show them also on the day in these reenactments and it just you know it, it feels like you're living in that moment in the, in the hour hour and a half or whatever mm-hmm. it was that that guy was just firing off these shots and like yeah I, I didn't even know if the, they were actors or if they were using the same voices from interviews yeah, yeah. Or i wasn't sure what the technique was until they have the reveals at you know the three-quarter mid midway point or whatever when they cut to the actual survivors
2: it really blurs the line between documentary and just film so it's like yeah. a narrative film so it's uh it's an interesting kind of mishmash of of ideas and inspirations and yeah, I think that's what I found so appealing about it, and just the overall package with the beautiful rotoscope animation and the '60s soundtrack—it really puts you in a time on that day.
0: You know, so you can really see what these people went through. Yeah, and, it, and exactly that—it tells the story of the people that matter, the heroes and the victims. Not, it doesn't glorify the stupid. It doesn't even—they don't even talk about him at all. I don't even know. If, I do remember if they said his name. Maybe at the end they
1: did either. Like, certainly didn't
0: show him. Yeah. Any, any I think there's one part where someone says like, "Like, I heard he had a tumor or something like yeah. that." Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. An exciting template for future documentaries to follow. But is it good enough to be on our overall top ten list? A lot of films. There's a lot
1: of films. Okay. So we can, I think, automatically get rid of the ones that were only on one of our lists. <laughs> or, like, lower down. <laughs> like, Don't Think Twice was my number ten. I it was it easier to do the ones list. that are safe first. So, if we
0: just go with ones that were shared, ones that were on at least two lists, that's nine movies. So we have to keep one that was only on one list. Okay. So out of those, we have Tickled, which would be my choice, but also The Lobster, Little Sister, Hell or High Water, and Arrival.
2: I think Hell or High Water was the only one that I didn't see that we talked about in our conversation. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think of what's one that may have been on I don't know, what's high on list
1: It's just weird because the lobster was on John's list last true, year True, that's true <laughs> It was
0: on my list last year so but Maybe that's reason to not have it on this list
1: But I don't think we put it on the uh, list last okay. year
0: No uh, well, I, <laughs> I
1: really I, went like, on up and then I'm 2017 weird. when it comes out okay, again well, well, yeah. we'll, We
2: can we we keep working early.
0: through this though I don't think Arrival makes it mm, Yeah. Um, I don't think Hell or High Water makes it Because John didn't even see that one um, I don't think Little Sister makes it, drone.
1: It's pretty something. high on his, but yeah. yeah. There's
0: just too many other films.
2: Uh, it's either, I feel like it's got to be either The Lobster or I don't know how much you liked Tickled, Sean, but it sounds like you liked it.
0: Yeah. I really like Tickled. That's
2: my number four. The Lobster was called six, and my six last year.
0: I like The Lobster, too. I don't know. Is, is one of the shared ones actually not one we want to carry over? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Here, let me go back to the list. Uh.
2: Duh. Nah, those are all good, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, uh. Lobster or Tickled? Very different movies. I feel like... I want to say the lobster is more representative of this year I feel like I was hearing a lot about it even though I saw it last year like a thief <laughs> basically like, I'm just good.
1: glad you're uh fessing up to your crimes against <laughs> film
2: I feel like uh what's his name John villagejan who's that character name is Rob
1: yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that Hugh movie Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman I'm Hugh Jackman <laughs> Here's Hugh Jackman I feel like
0: Hugh Jackman <laughs> <laughs> I, was I steal A loaf of bread
1: Alright So we got We got it I think
0: I think that's 10
1: Yeah Ah shit I messed up the word document Which isn't a word document <laughs> So oh, what's, I see. Here we go.
0: What's number ten out of these? It's gotta be the lobster, right?
2: Or uh, more tower maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean that was it wasn't only, super high it on was my list. It your number ten, was I number believe. 10. It was like my number seven. I feel like by that logic, it's got to be like kind of low.
2: These are great it, films, so then yeah. remind everybody of that. This is our top 10.
1: Yeah. Put that at number 10. Then do you want to do Lobster? Oh, sure. That seems to lobster. make some sense at number 9.
2: You think oh, wait, no, I didn't see Manchester by the oh, thought that's... I, I forgot that I did not see it. Because I'm waiting for it to pop up on Amazon. Thanks a lot, Amazon Studios. Stupid 90 days rule.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um. Do you think everybody wants them was high on everyone's list? I don't remember.
1: It was high on mine. It was number
0: three. It was seven? It's probably lower for you guys. Seven or five? Yeah, I'm like John. It was like seven or five. <laughs> not <laughs> six though. It Definitely was done. Maybe seven. it was six. <laughs> Why am I so confident that it's not six? Like mm. it's like back back ten. Back it ten. was my number seven. It was John's number six. Was
2: number six. Damn it. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: okay. Colin, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't tell us about how much you hated Captain America. I hated
1: it. Uh, too cool. It's just, it was good for a Marvel movie, but that still doesn't mean much to me. <laughs> I, I feel like
2: it was. It was better than a Marvel movie. I feel like it's hard to look past it because it's called Captain America. I don't feel that way. I
1: don't feel like it was transcendent, like in the way that maybe The Dark Knight was. It just, yeah, I just feel like there are too many things happening that are supposed to feed off of other movies and are setting up other movies. uh, Which I didn't waste a ton of time on that, I guess, just. There's some of that franchise maintenance stuff about it that kind of... I don't know if it bugged me.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think it's fair to say that's a strength and a weakness. Uh, yeah. Like, obviously, I feel I, like it did
1: it well, but yeah. it's like the thing it's doing well is not something I really want to watch.
2: Misleading marketing campaign, because he has not travel back in time to fight in the Civil War.
1: This is true. That's a
0: good
2: point, John. <laughs> this is true. Hey, <laughs> Lincoln, Hey, Cap...
1: So, yeah, I that? could put that <laughs> as low as you guys want. I don't care. But if you want to keep it higher, it's fine, too. I don't know. I don't feel like fighting for these lists as much now that we're done with talking. I don't know Thursdays. why I have to always make a list. Yeah. <laughs> it's always
2: easier if we go from number one backwards. Probably. It's very anticlimactic, but it's easier.
1: Well... We already started doing it this way. I guess Uh, the other one is Hunt for the Wilder. People didn't make my list, but I liked it a lot, and it was John's number one, so I don't know.
0: It was my number nine. I'd
1: probably like it more than Civil War.
2: I feel like whenever a a movie's on both people's lists, it's like so different ends of the spectrum. It's like, oh, it's my number ten. It's my number one. (laughs) Because
1: it's like you put it on there out of respect. For your friends' opinions yeah. or something, I don't know. I don't think that really. I happened. don't think we did probably that. I think not. we just put it how we where we'd put it. Yeah, because I think Sean put his list up earlier than you, so he didn't even know. Didn't even know. Uh, uh, all right, <laughs> now it's number one. So let's make I'm pretty sure. Captain
0: America eight, then, and number okay. seven can be. Well, you know. Everybody wants Could it. Could be everybody wants it. That's its number. I That's the number I put it at. I like it better than Sing Street. What? Everybody
1: wants it. I mean, I do too, so. All
0: right. All right, all right, all right. But we all know that Sing Street's better than La La Land, so La La Land would be number seven, And it right?
1: isn't. You guys want to put La La Land low. I can do it. Also I wasn't sure if we locked into a number seven. I think it was It was it. almost gonna be Sixth Street but <laughs> then Sean brought up Law and <laughs> Drake, I don't know, don't I, don't think know
2: if, I think it might be better than I think it might be better than sixth Street for
0: me. I see how it is. Yeah, I think it might be. Just love
1: that It's got better dancing It's got better songs It's got prettier well, like, people I personally like the songs better But
2: they're not really that comparable to me They're totally different kinds of songs
1: yeah. I just mean they're like songs I would actually want to listen to Because I have But I mean, know, I it li- depends I like on the your the taste songs
2: later. I, mean, I did too like actual songs It's not like soundtrack songs
1: yeah.
2: It's like I could listen to them Just by themselves Not have to listen to the whole thing But I mean I like the songs too I really like City of Stars It's a good song but I th- I think La La Land I think I like I think I like better
1: <laughs> Alright We'll just put them together
2: I haven't seen Manchester By the Sea But I know you number one Colin
1: Yes It's
2: cause I don't know Casey
0: Affleck Weirds me out There was that Probably Story about him Yeah serious, Like harassing women And he, he like
2: Settled it out of I mean I know That doesn't have anything To do with the movie But it just He's creepy That's all I feel like all these actors are becoming like like creepy. It's like oh no, that guy's creep. That guy's a creep. Like Jared Leto. Well, Next thing you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's gonna be like the fucking weirdo.
0: I That's why we all have to it. believe in Tom Hardy, the Great White Hope. Um,
2: I'm trying to remember if he
0: has some issues.
2: Michael Fassbender had some drama before his crew started. I'm sure. I don't know about Tom Hardy, but hey, he's tough to work with. But but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> That movie he did with the bar and James Gandalfiti, what was that called? There's a dog in that movie, and he adopted it.
1: Therefore, he's a good guy. What the hell was that movie
2: called? I saw it, it was like I that, watched you it.
1: you about the, the gun pointed up, but it's like a bridge? <laughs> <laughs> I know the poster. Yeah,
2: um, I, so I remember. called it,
1: Gun Bridge, is it? The Drop the drop. I
2: remember <laughs> that movie because um, there's a like everyone had like ridiculous accents, but James Gandolfini was easily or not James Gandolfini. Um Tom Hardy's was had like the best accent and he's not even American. There's a lot of mm. Americans in it that have like goofy New York accents. James Gandolfini was
0: I feel like a lot of Australian and English actors love doing over the top New York accents. Like it's it's, it's just funny. one of the ones that they're called to do. It's, it's that one and you know, Dr. House Nobody actually speaks exactly like that American accent The House accent The House accent So
2: well, number 7 is Dr.
0: House? Or it's the drop? <laughs> it's
2: the what top. are we talking
1: about? Yes, <laughs> Number 7 is Dr. House <laughs> <laughs> uh, Was
2: Sing Street on the list yet?
1: Yeah, but yeah. Sing Street at number 7 And La La Land at number 6
0: Okay we got, we
1: got our top top America? Napkin America. Napkin America. America.
2: <laughs> that's a number eight. Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah, it's I'm right. not looking at the list. I'm I'm, or I'm looking at. I, I haven't refreshed the page. It's fun. I'm looking at my phone. Well, like
1: a Neanderthal. We so, still haven't put everybody wants. Yeah, we're trying right. to
0: decide on our top that five. That could be
1: five, we have Everybody
0: wants some. Hunt for the Wilder People. Manchester by the Sea. Uh, Moonlight. And the Nice Guys. Okay, I see it now.
2: Um.
1: I feel like it's got to be everybody wants some next. Because all the other ones are like number pretty ones. much number ones. They are number
0: ones. We have three number ones Moonlight and everybody wants some. It's got to be everybody wants some. Do we just some. be nice to everyone's number one. Everybody
2: wants some.
0: And put everybody wants some at five and then Moonlight
2: at four. Actually, I was going to make the argument that Moonlight is probably our number one because it's the highest on everyone's That's list. That's what not I figured. One.
1: It's all in our top five. I feel like it's a very easy movie to like. <laughs> um, I just assume
0: we are going to put The Nice Guys in number one.
1: No, I think I think it's got to be
2: Moonlight. I think it probably is the best film of the year.
1: And I think it's a, so much better. Movie than the nice guys, <laughs> as much as I like it, it's just like it's just fun. I and I know that's what you're in, which what you're looking for at, at the movies, just a bunch of guys having fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Moonlight's just you know, it's a work of art, it's great to look at, it's great to feel things while watching it. I'd totally be fine with it being number one,
2: I think it should be, but what about the other ones? Everybody wants some,
1: right? That's a number five. No, That's right. Number
2: five. five. Oh, okay. I got
0: refreshed. Gotta get the uh, the Google Drive <laughs> app on my oh, I, fr- I keep it's always like, "Do would you do you want it?" I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: then I don't get it. What
1: yeah, it's I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> it's weird looking at these three that were our number ones because they weren't super high on anyone else's.
2: Manchester. Oh, you mean on everyone like Well, the thing
1: about Manchester is it was my number one. I think it was in Sean's number four, but you didn't even see it. I feel
2: like it's probably number two though, right? If it's that high, by doing the math, I
1: would like that because I that go be a for lot. it. All right.
2: I mean Sean duke it out for Hunt for the Wilder People and the Nice Guys. Hmm. Two movies that have basically interchangeable casts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You can't tell me Russell Crowe couldn't have played that. Sam Neill and Sam Neill couldn't have played <laughs> Russell Crowe.
1: <laughs> Ryan Gosling could have played a little kid.
2: Or Rise Darby. Wouldn't you like to see Rise Darby and who today else would have been? In it? Sam Neill as Cop or Private Eyes? <laughs>
1: <They're> pretty good.
2: <laughs> Sam Neill, a tough private eye, and Rise Darby is the funny one. Yeah. Tell me you wouldn't want to see that movie. I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, good. <laughs> could it have you like. Have like a more New Zealand name.
0: I don't know what that would be. The nice blokes. The nice blokes. <laughs> nice blokes. The mates. The
2: mate ma- I like nice blokes. The, not the nice mates. Sounds weird. <laughs> nice mate. Uh pff,
0: duh. Um
2: Colin, were these movies on either of your lists?
0: No. Colin which one's better But I one. gave
1: the nice guys an honorable mention Alright I think nice guys is three I probably one. would have given Hunt for the Wilder People An honorable mention too I just forgot about it for some it's, It
2: was on my it, list it doesn't, it, before you. it doesn't matter It's Just put it at three And Hunt for the Little People at four
1: Sounds good To and me And honorary
2: number eleven is Captain EO <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that attraction Still
0: exists if it does it's it's going to change your life. Go check it out. Also, uh Nancy, we're so sorry Rogue One wasn't better. And we're talking about on this podcast.
1: He'll never listen to this though.
0: Hey, oh,
2: no way. Yeah, he'll never even. No, no way.
0: No way. Even if he does listen, he'd never get this far. Um, So our top ten movies of 2016, it's over! Number ten, Tower. Number nine, The Lobster. Number eight, Captain America, Civil War. Number seven, Sing Street. Number six, La La Land, number five, everybody wants some, number four, Hunt for the Wilder People, number three, The Nice Guys, number two, Manchester by the Sea, and number one, Moonlight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on the internet at mildlypleased.com and on iTunes if you search Mildly Pleased. We'll be coming with everyone's favorite podcast of the year, the most anticipated movies of 2017, hopefully next week. Stay tuned for that. We'll speak to you next time.